yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Where is Mike? We got Charles back, but where is Mike? Thank you, Charles. How you doing? Doing well, Doc. Doing well. We got a bunch of news to get to today. Of course, uh, Women's Swag Media Day was today. Uh, but I, I tell you what, there's a lot of moving and shaking going on in the HBCU world today. I just want to say thank you. I got your official paperwork, you know, a leave of absence that you were going to work. Um, and showcase your skills and deliver paper and information about the HBC Sports Lab associated with Prairie v &M in the State Fair Classic as you were doing play-by-play. -play. did a great job, I should say. I just want to say thanks for turning your paperwork. I'm still looking for Mike. I don't know why he just seems to always want to turn in his paperwork late. I give him credit. He does turn the paperwork, but it's always late. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand what is, what, what is going on here. We need to reconfigure, rethink about how I'm working with this individual because whatever I say just doesn't work out. Well, you know, that's big brother privileges. That's what happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Everything's okay. Episode 439, Inside the HBCU Sports Lab Regular Show and Podcast. The show in the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. From institutions large and small from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Yadfield, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCWH 1230M Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Charles, you said there's a lot of news. What do you got on your mind? Yeah, let's start off with this. Alabama A&M reaches agreement to remain part of the Magic City Classic. So today, Alabama A&M signed a four-year agreement with the Alabama Sports Council uh, this late this afternoon to keep the Magic City Classic going at least through the 2026 season. Uh, as Roy Johnson of Alabama.com reported, the agreement uh, signed is equal to that of one of their rivals, uh, Magic City Classic opponent Alabama State signed earlier this year, $1 million in guarantees for the years Alabama A&M uh, will be the host school and $300,000 uh, for the years they will be the visitor. Adding on to the $500,000 annually each school receives from the city of Birmingham, the Magic City Classic becomes the richest guaranteed paying classic in HBCU football. It's a major statement when you can say the richest. Yeah, it is very much so. Somebody did something right. Kudos to those 
administrators from both institutions, particularly Alabama A&M, to really uh, pushing and sticking to their guns of what they want to get done. And they must have got all of it, or certainly most closer to it, to sign off. So congratulations to the president, AD, and others, general counsel for that matter, and all others involved, including the board there, for getting that done. The other thing that's interesting to me, we got going on, man, it's getting serious in terms of HBCU football land. Willie Slayer out as Atlanta football coach from HBCUsports.com and CAU, legendary coach, social with HBCUs, particularly what he did at Tuskegee, kind of left there quietly as some change went around, went to Clark Atlanta. Most people thought it was a pretty good move in regards to uh, hiring somebody of his substance uh, to bring back the Clark Atlanta program, uh, but it just was not to be available. Uh, even though a couple of games early were close, um, he started off 0-5, and, and Clark Atlanta has fired head coach, Coach Willie Slater, uh, was dismissed from his duties effective immediately. The university announced Monday decision came following an evaluation of CAE's football team during the 2023 season that had begun at 0-5. The university explained there was some, quote, unresolved challenges, end quote, in the program the school explored many opportunities for change, but they had minimal success, the university said in a statement. Quote, the decision was made, not made lightly. A great deal of time was spent in the thought and discussion with people who loved the university, students, faculty, alumni, leadership, and Coach Slater, in quote, CAU said. Quote, we appreciate Coach Slater for his dedication, contribution to CAU's football program. There is no doubt that Coach Slater has a tremendous impact on our institution. We're grateful to him for his support and hard work during his tenure. Um, according to the news release from last year, the university named Slater football coach in February 2022 before making the transition to Clark Atlanta. He spent 16 seasons at Tuskegee, as I said, so it's, it's fascinating to hear this. Uh, when you talk about Dr. Gerald Drew, the university athletic director that recently came over there from the University of Virgin Islands, that's fascinating to kind of hear that news Remember, the president of Clark Atlanta University, the former president at Miles College, who had a lot of success um, who, with his coach there that is now the athletic director at Tuskegee. So some people are driving, drawing that inference, but it'd be interesting. But two things there. Obviously, the community made a statement, uh, with, and the president is significant want to win. You know, I've been on board pushing – Clark Atlanta to, to understand the value of this institution. They clearly know that in a lot of mm -hmm. ways, but in doing that, thinking about reclassifying and moving to uh, Division One FCS. Mm -hmm. There's rumblings out there about other program out of Atlanta, uh, looking at making that move, and maybe quietly there's some thoughts that Clark Atlanta is going to try to follow suit, because you know in a lot of ways with their rivals going on. question is, is where are they going? It's right. interesting to see uh, will there be a fight between the SWAC and MEAC? I think a lot of people are leaning MEAC, but I wouldn't be surprised if SWAC may find a way to get in that door. I've told you from a long time, Atlanta is one of the final pieces of the puzzle, whether it's MEAC and SWAC. The other crown jewel out there, obviously, is Tennessee State in regards to Nashville as it's growing. Flew in there this weekend, uh, getting in to the airport at Nashville is much like those that travel in Atlanta. It's crazy, and it's not because <laughs> the airport is not big, it's new, large, but it's just a lot of people there 
right. growing a lot of money in that area. Fascinating to see what that looks like. Let's turn this chapter, uh, get into some highlights in regards to some other news you got. We might get Brian in here and see his thoughts in terms of the dismissal of Clark Atlanta University or his thoughts in terms of what I just said about Clark Atlanta, Miles, FCS moves, Virginia State, folks out there floating around. You know, do you want Fayetteville State? Are you going to push for Albany State? It, it'll be interesting to see. And that's not to say that the CIAA and SIEC commissioners are not going to do what they need to do to sweeten their pot to keep these individuals or try to discuss with them and put things on the table. Uh, so it's a fascinating time. We've seen this from the larger programs, but it continues the churning that we talk about conference-wise. No doubt. Go ahead, no doubt. Charles. Yeah, let's take a look at the SWAC football players of the week this past week. Uh, the SWAC is named Alcorn State's Aaron Allen. Uh, Noah Kiani, uh, along with Southern's Kelby Gibbons and Grandma State's Tanner Rinker as its SWAC Football Players of the Week for their impressive performance during games this past weekend. Let's take a look at Aaron Allen from Alcorn. He won 32 of 46 for 370 yards, two touchdowns, along with six carries for 36 yards against Alabama State. He led the Braves on a game-time drive in the fourth quarter to force overtime. In large part due to his efforts, the Braves were able to capture a 23-20 win over Alabama State to move to 1-1 one one in conference play. Southern's Kelby Gibbons played a vital part in the Jaguars' defensive success on Saturday night, leading the charge with nine tackles, four tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks to go with along with two quarterback hurries. He has been a dominating force up front for the Jaguars this past season. Noah Kiani, he was three or four on field goals, including a 24-yard attempt to force overtime for the Alcorn State Braves against Alabama State. He connected on the game-winning field goal in overtime, helping the Braves capture a 23-20 win over Alabama State. And Tanner Rinker was three of three on field goal attempts for Grandma State this past weekend against Prairie View. He added two PATs to help Gremlin defeat Prairie View 35-20 on Saturday night, snapping a five-game losing streak to the Panthers. So those were your SWAT Players of the Week. Anytime when you see the Players of the Week, I'm going to show some love to – just talked about Tennessee State and Independent over there. I'm going to show some love uh, out there to Tennessee State. Monroe hey. the third linebacker, 6'1", 220, Junie. You talked about this earlier during the women's SWAC uh, media uh, event that was taking place in humble, not humble, humble for those outside of greater Houston. Those folks out there will get mad if you put the H as it's silent on <laughs> humble Texas for that. But back to Tennessee State as he was defensive co-players of the week, as Charles said. How do you get co-players of the week when you got 19 tackles? Check this out. Beard set the Tennessee State single game record for tackles with 19 in the team's contest at number 22 UT Martin. Byrne made seven solo 12 assisted stops to break the 16-year-old record. It marked his third straight game with double-digit tackles this season. His 19 tackles are tied for the second most in the game nationally this season. Big-time shout-out Tennessee State and their fans, particularly, especially Monroe Beard, the third linebacker, 6'1", 220, uh, junior out of Tattanooga, Tennessee. Think about that. Did everything he could to keep his Tennessee Tigers in the game with their top 25 loss to UT Martin. Single uh, season, for them, 20 to 10. Single season Tennessee State record. This is the program of Ed Tutal Jones, Claude Humphreys, and uh, this young man, Monroe Beard, has a, has a record for Tennessee State in terms of tackles. That's that's major. That's huge. That's big time. 
Yeah, Brian, welcome to the show, man. We're not ignoring you. We just make sure you set up. You know, you come in late. We kind of do you like that in the lab. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to get you in there. I know you're feeling good. <laughs> Rattlers winning and, uh, up front and chest all out. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well, Doc. It, you know, it's Founders Day uh, for uh, Florida A&M University. Happy birthday. Year number 136. Uh, so Rattling Nation. So I, oh, yeah, happy I, Founders I, Day, no doubt. Yeah, so you know, I was uh, I, I was out celebrating a little bit with some rattlers, and then got Doc gave me the call. And I'm like, oh man, okay. So I had to put put that down and finish go. So I, you know, I'm just trying to slide in the back of the room, and you know, before the professor calls, <laughs> I, figure, I figure I move up to the front once the uh, once the once the break intermission happens. So I, I appreciate the I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, so well done. Well done. You know, uh, anytime the bat signal goes up, duty goes, or are we saying the Black Panther signal goes up, the white chair, I'm glad to see you on the call. I, I, I try. It was it was tough. Sketch and go. I didn't know if I'd make it, though. <laughs> no problem. You did just what you needed to do. With that being said, uh, HBC News of the day that you wanted to share? Well, I saw, I saw you. I don't know if you had, or I, you know, I think I'm coming in right at the point where, uh, you, you know, you talked about the SWAC players of the week. So I figure I'd jump in, maybe and mention the uh, MIAC players of the week while while Go I got right ahead. here. Perfect, um, perfect. Yeah. So you had North Carolina Central quarterback Davius Richard, uh, who was the MIAC offensive player of the week, presented by Coca Cola. I love nice little plug there. Um, also, linebacker Jaden Flaker. Um, or maybe it's Flacker, I apologize if I say it wrong, earned Defensive Player of the Week honors. Norfolk State's Grant Gaffney was the Rookie of the Week. Delaware State's Isaiah Cook and Raheem Smith earned Offensive Lineman of the Week and Specialist of the Week. Uh, And just in case anyone forgot what Richard did, uh, he amassed 351 yards of total offense, responsible for five touchdowns and the overtime victory over Campbell rushing uh, 21 times for 86 yards and four touchdowns, uh, tied the North Carolina Central game record for rushing touchdowns. He also broke the school record for career rushing touchdowns with 33. And so then, of course, he went through the air 21-34, 265, and a touchdown. What can't that young man do? It seems like he does everything. And I Superman. I, yes, yes. I And I understand why why people, you know, mark him and claim him as one of the best, if not the best, HBCU quarterback. Oh, but there might be another. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we going to see this weekend. Well, how, how true it well, is. I, it, it might not be who you think I'm talking about. I'll just say that. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the defensive side, um, Jaden uh Flaker registered a game-high 15 tackles, 11 solo uh, in the win. You were asking, Doc, how did somebody get co-defensive player of the week with 19 tackles? Well, how many of those 19 were solos? Uh, I think it was, uh, what did I say, seven? Seven. Okay, so not to diminish 19. I mean, the fact that you were around the ball 19 times is significant, you no doubt. But – you know, I always sometimes look at, you know, of the total tackles, how many were solo. And so when I see. Oh, yeah. I think that know, is good. Yeah. yeah. And so That's when true. I see the, uh, 
the the, the sophomore, 6'4", 225, young man for North Carolina Central, racking up 11 solos of his 15 tackles. As a linebacker, that's pretty doggone impressive. Um, so uh, shout out to uh, him. Uh, Mr. Gaffney up front uh, collected six tackles, one solo, one half a sack for loss against uh, North Carolina A&T. Of course, Gaffney is of Norfolk State. Uh, up front, Isaiah Cook received the grade of 96% on blocking assignments. We need more We need more offensive line grades being put out there. I don't know how, you know, obviously the MEAC gets that from the offensive line coaches, but we need that more. We need the SWAC and the, and the CIAA and the SIC. We need more statistics on our offensive line play. Give the big fellas some love. And uh, so, uh, yeah. They, uh, I agree with you. Yeah. How did he only get 96% against Virginia Lynchburg? I need 100%. Oh, no, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> See? Wow. In the data, in the data like you know. the offensive line coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, then the, the uh, special teams player of the week, Raheem Smith, had two touchdowns on special teams in the Hornets' 48-10 victory over Virginia Lynchburg. He returned the 88 kickoff return and a 60-yard punt return. Uh 181 all-purpose yards. Never poo-poo that, regardless of the opponent, because they put 11 people out there. And even when you put 11 people out there, somebody might just fall and get in the way. So the fact that he got two touchdowns <laughs> is pretty doggone impressive. Good stuff. Good stuff all day long. With that being said, Charles, I think we have another independent uh, recognition out there. You want to check that one out? North Carolina AT linebackers, first Aggie player to receive uh, CAA honor. Yes, I see that. Uh, B.J. Turner uh, was the first uh, uh, North Carolina A&T linebacker. B.J. Turner will be the first as he will receive CAA honor. Uh, he was announced as co-defensive player of the week. Uh, as a result, Turner becomes the first Aggie uh, football player to win a weekly honor from the CAA after leading the Aggies to their first victory, huge victory. Over Norfolk State, twenty-eight to twenty-six thriller. Uh, Turner captured uh, his weekly wars as one of the best defensive performances in recent A&T history. Good stuff, man. When you talk about that, what is it with the OVC Big South and uh, CAA Coastal, formerly known as Columbia, with these cold defensive player of the week? But you know, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. That being said, let me give us a shout out. We were over at the. Uh, g Studios, as they, um, the SWAC did the women's basketball preseason. They're getting into it already. So I did want to get those orders of finish, give you an update on that. Then we'll take our first break. We'll come back on the other side and give you some updates on the poll ranking. Man, this is a big week. I'm excited about this week in terms of poll ranking. We'll get that first, and then we'll talk about some key matchups as we get into the latter part of the show. With that being said, Let's get into the preseason poll. You know, I like to start at the bottom and rise to the top. 2023 SWAC women's basketball preseason polls. Uh, first place foes will be um, located as well. Number 12, Mississippi Valley State. Delta Devils, 44 points. 11 was Texas Southern, 66 points. At number 10, and that's the Texas Southern Tigers. At number 10, Florida Ainland Rattlers, 79 points. At number 9, Alcorn State Braves at 119 points. And number eight, Grambling State 
at 128 points. Griffin State, however, had two first-place votes. At number seven, Bethune with 144 points. Let's get into the top six. Those that are going to be uh, in the mix, as you might say. Those top six will be Prairie View A&M, Panthers, 174 points. They got one first-place vote. At number five, Alabama State had 190 points. Right mm. ahead of them is the rival in the state of Alabama, which mm. is uh, number four, Alabama A&M, with 200 points. Top three. Probably could have thought about this. Number three, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Golden Lions, 216 points and four first-place votes. You had Southern, 245 points with five first-place votes. But people are not ready to let the Jackson State Tigers uh, come down from the perch of being number one as they had dominated the last several years. 267 points with 11 first-place votes. That'll do it for the women's basketball preseason poll. I know it's early, but um, they got it out there, so I'm interested. Charles, did you want to have a quick say in that? You know, uh, I, I, one of the coaches was saying today how – great this season is going to be because a lot of coaches did an awesome job of re-recruiting their talent. So you're going to see a lot of players coming back uh, who were on rosters last year, and that's going to make for a lot of parity in the league, they thought. Uh, and one name I took particular note of, Zay Green, uh, coming back for UAPB. Uh, former McDonald's All-American, was injured last year. And you're talking about a UAPB team that already has quite a bit of talent coming back. But uh, you talk about uh, Jackson State. They, they bring uh, some of their roster back. Tylen Bowler, uh, preseason offensive player of the year. So I'm really looking forward to the season, uh, looking at the women's uh, side of the ledger. And check us out in the morning. We're going to try to bring you some content there. We might even do uh, live streaming. Uh, we're working through that process. But check us out. Uh, we should try to get going uh, right around 10 o'clock. So if you have time to do your little cheat code for those that may be on office working at your desk, pull us up, check us up. We'll see if we can get you some good interviews. We'll certainly give you top 10. You know how we do it at BCSN Network. We're always around, always giving you that live content. You can't get it anywhere else other than what we do right here on the Black College Sports Network. Stick with us. We'll be right back after our first break. We'll come back on the other side. And let's get into the mid-major rankings. <laughs> I want to see what y'all say. Mid-major football rankings. Top seven. What you got to say about that, Charlie? Right. <laughs> At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eighth. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view works itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. 
here. I hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yep. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Press the analytic data with the hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Doctor Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. I texted him. He told me he would sign, sign um, send in his report. He said he's taking care of business. Don't worry. He's got some big business and stuff ready for us. And so I said, okay. And he said he got us next time, Charles. He said he got us first round. I said, oh, yeah, you're great. No problem. Deep Let's go. Hey, it's all good. <laughs> oh, good. I said, you speak my language, young man. With that being said, let's get into this top seven. First thing is, we'll start with the team dropping out. This is week number five. Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU, HBCU huddle report, officially, if you would, uh, for the football top seven poll rankings. Dropping out this week, Bowie State Bulldogs, three and two, two and one, had another loss this weekend, trending in the wrong direction before a big week matchup, but we'll see what that means. Receiving votes this week. John C. Smith, Golden Bulls, probably the surprise of the season for a lot of programs. Um, four and one, three and oh, undefeated, continue to get it done. Just outside of the top seven, preferably would be eight in terms of the total strength of uh, their rankings, if you would. Bringing us uh, outside, also looking in is Virginia Union Panthers, as they are four and one, two and one. 114 points to let you know how strong the rankings are over there. It's fascinating. 114 points bringing us to what would be the 10th team, third one outside of the top seven, the Bowie State Bulldogs sitting at 3-2, and 2-1, two, 111 points. As I said, they lost their lost matchup, which uh, dropped them out of the top seven as they were there just last week. Let's get into the big boys with the top seven to see those that are for real and playing. Uh, some good football this season. At number seven, Allen Yellow Jackets, 4-1, 2-1. They took their first loss of the season, however. They did drop three spots with that loss, 131 points, but they are still in the top seven. Bringing us to number six, Fort Valley State Wildcats got a big win this past weekend, getting it done against those Yellow Jackets, 4-1 for them, 4-0 in the conference race over there in the SIEC and got a big win to keep their trajectory going up with 145 points. They were not ranked last weekend, but they're there now. At number five, Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 4-1, 3-0 oh, in the SIEC, 136 points. They lost last week, but it was out of conference. It was a homecoming game uh, hosted by Alabama A&M, the Bulldogs. They were ranked three and dropped two spots after that tough loss, bringing us to number four, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets. 
independent program, representing for those independent programs out there, having one of the best seasons, 4-1, 4-0 in a conference play. They have a big matchup, and we'll talk about that in the next segment to give them some love in terms of what they're doing this season with 140 points. They were ranked seventh, so they're on their way up as they continue to get it done, up three slots this week in week five. Bringing us to number three, Miles Golden Bears, 4-1, 2-1. No first place votes, but they got a chance to change that this week. We'll also talk about that uh, in Thursday segments as they will be a top three matchup. Man, this is a big time week for some HBCU football, and they are the ones that start our top matchups because we have five of them this week, four of them particularly with all ranked teams. Let's talk about it. 163 points. They move up three slots with their impressive win, and they all they do is win. Golden Bears, their lone loss is a swag member, Pablo, on the road where they were this close, literally three yards away uh, to getting it done in terms of the end zone, two yards away for a first down. Couldn't quite get it done in that matchup. Credit to the Golden Lions. With that being said, number two, Virginia State Trojan, another a uh, surprise to some degree, probably not as much, obviously, as Johnson C. Smith out of the CIAA with him. But Dr. Henry Fraser III, boy, he's in his books, and he is turning on the lectures. 5-0, 3-0 as he continues to get it done in the conference rates. Two first place votes, 182 points. They remain in number two, and they are set up for a big matchup, top 10 matchup, basically, as you see. We'll see what that looks like as, again, we'll talk about that Thursday, Virginia State. Uh, traveling to Bowie State Bulldogs. Henry oh. Frazier's going home. It should be interesting to see what that looks like. Number one, Benedict Tigers, 5-0, 3-0, 7. First place votes, 187 points. Quietly is a such a thing. The team that won the mid-major championship, they just hold on, get it done. Nobody looking around, just beat up on everyone. But they have a chance to really make a major statement, or will it be the Golden Bears? As they go on the road, number one goes on the road to face the number three in Fairfield, Alabama. You talking about big time matchup in the mid major division? If you can't get excited about this, man, I can't do nothing for you. That's on you. With that being said, let's talk about the poll rankings. We're gonna give it to our guest first. To Brian Charles, we're gonna let you back it up and do your thing. I saw you shaking and grooving in your head, so. Think some things you like, some things you have some questions about. We'll find out. But first, let's go to Brian to see if he's going to continue to hold the mic or will he get that F squared in the class today, especially being late. I, I might let him slide. What you got to say, bro? <laughs> I'm a little shocked that Virginia Union is not in the top seven. You know, that mm. to me, that's the first standout. I mean, uh, but okay, I guess maybe their win wasn't as impressive for, for the vote. But it is hard, though. What I really like about the poll, I see a lot of zeros or dash ones. Yeah. That, man, that that is impressive, you know, and, and so it speaks to how really competitive. You got, uh, what, five teams in the SIC that haven't lost. Uh, you've got, what, at least three in the CIAA, maybe two or three, you know, at least, no, maybe two or three, whatever. But just the fact that you have um, – such a nice collection of teams playing well. And now the last five weeks are going to be fun every week leading up to the CIAA and the SIC championships. I, I mean, man, are they going to be exciting? So I look, I, 
I'm excited about the one versus three matchup. Um, it is what it's going to be. And uh, but I, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, why Benedict isn't, you know, unanimous. What have they, what has Benedict done to not impress the two voters who voted for Virginia State? All they've done is they, they one touchdown, the, what, one touchdown and two field goals in five games. Is this Benedict team better than last year? Possibly. At mm. least in the, first, in the first half of the year, it's looking that way. I'm just saying, what else does Benedict have to do? Maybe we'll find out this week. It might be some of that, some of that, as Mike would say, since he died, we're going to give a shout out. Charles echoes it as well. He said, Mike, be a little bit of that East. East. <laughs> I'm just saying. Before I go to Charles, I do got to ask you a question. I think you, 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 you asked a valid question. But this is what we need to know. As we do it over here, you know, when you make a statement, you got to support it with a reference. So in this case, we're in class. You might have to do the reference. But if you're going to put Virginia Union in the top seven, that means somebody has to go out of the top seven. Who are you pushing out of the top seven? Allen University. University. Allen. And and it wasn't by much. It was, you know, by by a couple of votes. And and then let me ask this. I I like this. Let me follow up real quick before you ask that because I want to get your question in. How far do you have them falling out do you have them above or below Johnson C. Smith since they're the first one out? I have them above Johnson C. Smith, and I have a team that's not even okay. in the top okay. 10 sitting in the top 10, and that's the defending CIAA champs. I mean, all they did, was lose, all they did was lose one game to Virginia Union. Yeah, that's good. And, and yeah, they, that's they, they're gone. We, we, we 86th them out the top 10. I'm just like, okay. But that just says That's now, a there, there's legitimately 11, by my count, 11 real strong teams. So, yeah, somebody has to be on the outside looking in. And on, on your poll, it's Fayetteville State. But I thought Fayetteville and State they had all, they, they had, No, they just had a one, but they're at 11. Okay. They're okay. at 11. They had an early loss, Charles, and that's probably why you um, kind of put them out of your mind because they had an early loss and they're fighting back into the polls because of that early loss. And what's unique about the poll rankings, it is week to week. So, you know, depending on where you start and how early your loss, it makes it harder to get back up, particularly in the mid-major, to your point, Brian, it's just how many tough teams are up there. But I feel you on that. I think you make a plausible argument. So with that case, I give you an A minus. Charles Bishop, what do you say about the top set? I'm going to have to echo uh, Brian on this because I, I just I took a look at the Virginia Union, you know, their dominance this past weekend. It was St. Augustine, but, I mean, 47-7, to 7, that was impressive to me. They only have one loss on the ledger. If I am going to drop somebody out, huh. I mean, Al has been the Cinderella, but they got they got hammered pretty well. They they got their wake-up call uh, this past weekend, 49-21. <laughs> so, <laughs> you He's know. doing the glass and broke it. Oh, and and, 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 and I, I really wanted to get Fort Valley on top of Tuskegee because um, Tuskegee, ugh, for all the hype going into that game against Alabama A&M, they got Dusty Rhodes off the top rope this weekend. Big elbow. Big elbow this weekend. So I was kind of – that's just for you, A.D. Drew. So I, I had to <laughs> – I had to take a look at that, but I I I I can go with them at five, and I'll 
you know, Fort Valley at six for now. But yeah, that was that. You know, they've been you know kind of getting by by the skin of their teeth in the SIAC, and then their wake up call came against uh, a swag team this past weekend. So. Mm, boy, you making some statements, and I like what you have to say. Again, you drop out out. Who do you jump in there? Uh, Virginia Union. You dropped in Virginia Union as well. You did say you agree with me. I'll say this, mm-hmm. Charles. You've taken my class before you're a regular. So with that being <laughs> said, the standard is higher. So yeah. you don't get the first time <laughs> exercise A minus. You get a B plus. We'll be right back after this second break. We'll come back on the other side and talk about some of these matchups as I continue to give out these braids for the rest of the show. That includes lab listeners. Y'all come with some fuck. I'm going to put the L squared in your life. If not, uh, bring it. You can get the A plus. You can get the A minus. A, B plus, B minus. Keep up. You get to C. Stick with us. Be right back after this break. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell leadership principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesser, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. You know me, I gonna love it. Dr. Dills, inside the HBC Sports Lab, boy, you should see some of those conversations in the backside during the break. Boy, they get down, they get down. 
with that being said, it's time to get into some of these games of the week. We're going to go into the classic. So some question here, we'll get into that. But that's just our format, mid-major classic game of the week, independent mid-major division game of the week. Then we're going to sneak in a bonus one uh, for a major division game of the week uh, out of the MEAC to get you some stuff going there in terms of what that looks like. We'll save our SIAC, CIAA, top matchups for Thursday. We'll also get into those top matchups uh, in terms of the MEAC. SWAC has a lot of going on right there, and we even have one of those top matchups that happen to be a classic. In the SWAC alone, there are three uh, matchups that feature top ten teams in the rankings. If you look at it, we'll tell you the order of where they fit. We'll save that to the next segment, but I'm excited about that. With that being said, let's get into it, gentlemen. We In Birmingham, Alabama, Legion Field, Morehouse Tuskegee Classic, SIEC game, Saturday, October 7th, 2 o'clock p.m., you have number three Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Uh, they continue to push the envelope and get it done, as we just talked about their ranking. And Tuskegee is actually number five, I should say, um, as they are rolling. Uh, just taking their first loss of the season, 4-1, 3-0 in the race. But they face up against the rival Morehouse Maroon Tigers, who are just inside the top 30 when you look at all Division Two and Division One programs, 0-5. Shouldn't be a matchup. People are questioning whether that coach would make it through the season, particularly after we just heard about Clark Atlanta, Coach Slater. So a lot of things troubling for the Maroon Tigers in terms of what that looks like. Uh, but with that being said, go ahead, Brian. What are your thoughts in terms of that matchup? Well, I, you know, look, uh, Morehouse is still searching for win number one. And I listen, to, you know, I, I trust A.D., when he when he talks about all things regarding Tuskegee and things surrounding Alabama uh, and Southern Georgia, so uh, him him sharing that this game has sort of lost a little bit of its excitement because of the move to Birmingham is interesting. I mean, this is the I believe this is the oldest rival, oldest matchup among HBCUs at the oldest classic, uh, something like that. Uh, the Morehouse. Yeah, that's one classic. of them. It's one of them, right? right? Over a hundred something years old. So, um, I don't know if this is the week that Morehouse gets a win. Uh, I, I've heard some things about Tuskegee having some injuries. Let's see. Let's see how they walk into this Morehouse game. Is Tuskegee gonna get back to looking impressive, or are they gonna sort of sleepwalk and find themselves giving Morehouse their first win? No doubt. Good stuff. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of matchup? I got a 5-0 and team taking on an 0-5 team. I, 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 I don't know if I can just go in-depth into that. I, You know, Birmingham and Tuskegee. They're going to they they hang a number on more houses. They should. You're going to run them back to Atlanta, Charles? Yeah, quickly. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. To the Maroon I, I, folk, to I, the I, Tigers. Yeah, they I didn't show up. They can show up. You know, I mean, it's fun to show up. <laughs> but there ain't gonna be a lot of clapping. Though. I got. Yeah, let's move on of, to the independent the state program. of Atlanta football. The state of Atlanta football. That ain't what you want right now. <laughs> the state of Atlanta football. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, we got a new one. The state of Atlanta football. <laughs> 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 Independent programs, non-conference, mid-major division game of the week. We're going to go to a 
an intriguing matchup in a lot of ways. Number four, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets sit at 4-1, and one, and they're 4-0 oh in the conference race. They go on the road, South Euclid, Ohio, Muller Field, independent matchup, conference game in the MEC. They take on Notre Dame, Ohio Falcons that are just 3-2, and 2-2. Two, two and two. But if you know anything about the Falcons program there, uh, they are one of the top programs in the conference. So whether they're playing that way right now, it's going to be a tough matchup at home. And you're talking about being able to make a statement for the Yellow Jackets. They can do that this weekend. Charles, uh, what do you say about this matchup? Yeah, West Virginia State, they've been playing as a tremendous ball uh, this uh, past season. have a tr- tremendous running back who's one of the uh, top running backs in the country. Uh, but when you take a look at this matchup, uh, Notre Dame has had a time with them. You take a look at uh, the last nine matchups. They are eight and one uh, versus uh, West Virginia State. And I don't think it, anything changes this weekend, especially a trip on the road for the Yellow Jackets. Uh, looks like the Falcons. I think they'll get the win in this one. Brian, what are your thoughts over here? Man, you know it's it's hard for it's hard for me to root against a school named Notre Dame, but uh, I think this might be the week that uh, I actually be pulling for the Yellow Jackets in the Mountain mm. East. Uh, you know, just just the fact that you know uh, Coach Pennington over there at West Virginia State. I mean they they've been a fun team to pay attention to. They put up a lot of numbers and. I'm I'm not going to go so far as to say is they found the defense, but they found a way to to score either score last or get timely stops. Mm-hmm. And it's helping them right now. For, I mean, it's big time to be the Mountain East. I mean, that's a conference where you look, you play all well, you play 11 game schedule, eight, nine conference games. Um, this is huge for them. So it's a great start for West Virginia State. I'd love it. I'd love to see if they could uh, pull off the victory and uh, finish up five and, or at least get to five and zero in conference play. Good stuff. Good stuff. I got a bonus game. It's out of the MEAC. It's one of those games that's weird because there's not a lot of wins there, but it's a program, Morgan State. Uh, they really started off hot and looked like they were going to get an FBS win. Um, has the ties changed that much? This team struggling. Mm-hmm. I know there's some issues on offense. Defense plays really well. You could even argue maybe a championship defense. The other thing that's intriguing about this matchup is MEAC Coastal Athletic Association. If you follow that, there are several matchups between the MEAC and the Colonial. And obviously many people uh, came in and talked about that. But right now, uh, the MEAC leads that series uh, with uh, five wins to four, six to four. I'll give you the exact count there. Uh, but fascinating when you talk about this. This is back at home, Baltimore, Maryland, Hughes Stadium. Can Morgan State turn the tide, get this win, not only for themselves as they get prepared to conference race, to kind of turn the chapter? Or uh, will you see the Coastal kind of do what it's, what many people thought they were supposed to do to really get it done in terms of the CAA and MEAC matchups? Brian, what are your thoughts here? Well, it- the, the CAA, they, they still have to claim Stony Brook. So uh, I, I guess, you know, that <laughs> this, this one should go in favor of the MEAC. And this is what I'm going to tell everybody to pump the brakes on. Just because the MEAC has all these wins over the CAA, at some point, we got to, and I know the CAA is a highly rated conference, top eight, 
in FCS and all that. But just because you beat up on the mid and lower tier teams in the conference does not mean your conference is superior to, let's say, the SWAC. I'm just saying, let's <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes. Don't get too excited, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, oh, oh, I, 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 and I, I, you gonna get that hate mail? Oh. Welcome to the Swag family, officially, Brian. And you got on your fat swag hat. I love it. But you finna I'm swag. get some swag. We swag. I'm swag. We swag. swag now. I'm swag. We swag. So I mean, there it is. <laughs> wow. So what is it? I love it. So I'm, I'm curious now. You may be curious about it. This Campbell team in North Carolina Central knocked off this past weekend. Where where would they be if they magically were in the sweat? Um, I honestly I feel like Campbell would be probably better than eight teams in the sweat. Mm. Eight better than eight teams. I yeah. believe. Well, uh, and, and, pretty good. Pretty good. And, and I think the same way North Carolina Central. North Carolina Central will probably be better than eight teams in the swag. Yeah, this year's version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're fighting at the top in the rankings, so a lot of top there. We'll get to it because Brian has the rankings. We'll share that later if he wants to put it out there. But in the next segment, we'll get his poll rankings uh, as he is a voter in the poll official. Uh, retire from voting. We're going to see if we can get him back in there. With that being said, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup between Stony Brook and Morgan State? Yeah, I expect for Morgan State to get to W. I want to see that Morgan State that we kind of saw the first two, three weeks that, that kind of scrappy fight you to the end, Morgan State, and and hopefully they, you know, kind of get themselves geared up for MIAC play and, and continue the MIAC dominance over the CAA. <laughs> no doubt about it. I like it. Let's get into our next break. We'll come back on the other side and give you the major division matchups, um, HBCU uh, football program this week. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. I'll say it. (laughs) Doctor is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Another great boy, great dialogue. Uh, Talk about FAMU. Charles trying to get me in trouble. He trying to get me in trouble with because that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna insert my foot wider into into uh mouth if I, in a second. You say up a OG strike zone. You always do it there anyway. They all living for you. Oh <laughs> man, I was waiting for this matchup. Okay, all right. check out uh, OG strike zone with uh, Brian leading it amongst the other stars as they get it done. Great uh, show there. Uh, really getting in and giving you information about FAMU Athletics, man. Fascinating show. But let's get into it. This week, major division top seven, week number five. We have 
teams dropping out this week in terms of the poll rankings. Uh, dropping out this week of Prairie View A&M Panthers, two and three, two and one overall as they had a tough loss in the State Fair Classic. Also dropping out this week is Morgan State Bears, uh, one and three this week. Getting to those receiving votes, uh, just those three teams outside of the top ten will give you those. With Howard Bison, two and two on the season. Uh, if you notice, uh, they are just outside, hadn't played a conference game, 164 points. Prairie View with their tough loss, they're still outside of the top seven, but they're still receiving votes in terms of the top ten. Prairie View and the Panthers sit at two and three. Two and one with 150 points. Uh, also outside of the top seven, if you would, are the Alcorn State Braves. They got a big overtime win, field goal there. Uh, on the road, uh, the Braves, Alcorn State Braves, two and three, one and one on the season, are getting it done. Those are the teams receiving votes just outside of the top seven. Let me get your top seven here. You see that with Howard. Bison, Prairie View, and Alcorn State. Getting in the top seven, two teams jump back in, the first one being number seven, Alabama a and Bulldogs sitting at three and two, one and one, 174 points. They were not ranked back in the mix at number six. Southern Jaguars, two and two. They were open last weekend, but they have a big matchup this week with the top-ranked team. We'll tell you what that looks like shortly. Two and oh on the conference. At 184, not ranked last weekend, but up at the top of the conference with Grambling, sitting at 2-0 in the Western Division. Bringing us to number five, none other than those Grambling State Tigers, 3-2, and 2-0. I know it's early talk, but the Bayou Classic folks, they get a little excited. <laughs> <laughs> it starts being mixed. They are already talking about we back in the business again about the last 187 points. Moving up two spots, Grambling State ties extra demons of the Panthers who had won five straight games. Grambling State says they're in the mix and they're ready to get it on. We'll see. It's a long season out there. Bringing us to number four, Jackson State Tigers sit at three and two, one and one. Uh, they move up a slot, even though they didn't play because of some other teams dropping out of the top five. 195 points total gets them at number four. Bringing us to number three, the Hampton Pirates, three and one. 1-0 in the conference race. Check this out. Two first-place votes, 219 points. They were previously ranked four. They're moving up to number three. So that means three people have ranked the Hampton Prize number one in their poll ranking. I want to mm. do that. Mm. At number two, North Carolina Central Eagles sit at 4-1. Had a huge come-from-behind win, getting it done in overtime. They lose the first place vote, maybe because of their game there. They're sitting at five first place votes, 243 points, but they still remain at number two. Bring us to number one. The Florida and them rather sit at four and one, three oh. and oh in the conference race. They also lost the first place vote, 244 points, if you would. They remain number one. Charles, since Brian's out here striking and just getting all excited, I'm going to go to you first. We're going to let him rest, take his time. And we just too much enjoying the fact that the FAMU Rattlers are number one. We Charles, said, what are your thoughts on the topic? The FAMU Rattlers are number one after this past weekend against Valley? Wait just a second. 
Davis Richard done put on his Superman cape and done me at play of the week, and we can't reward him with the number one ranking? What? What is this? Wow. Okay, Doc. Well, all right. It's just it's just a point difference. The tie the first place in votes is really close. I know, but when the fans look at it, they see fam you on top of North Carolina Central. <laughs> you know, the look fighting at the, just, look at the uh, producer. They making sure that you know that fam you number one. <laughs> the, the the fighting Josh's will not like this at whatsoever. So <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> but uh you know what? Uh Kudos to, and, and watch this. I said this. Grandma doesn't stay down for very long. Watch, watch, watch Grandma uh, yeah. through through the course of, of this season. Uh, very impressed with them this past weekend. Uh, this is a team, uh, they are salty on defense. They got a pass rusher, Sunday out of Anderson. They got great, competent uh, quarterback play out of Miles Crawley. They're getting more out of him than I expect from Miles Crawley. And then they can run the football. And that these things kind of snowball a win like that last week over Prairie View, which is a good football team. Uh, they they effectively held Prairie View's rushing attack under 100 yards. Prairie View got a huge 54 yard run from um, from Connor Wishing uh, that, that really tipped them over 100 yards. But they did a great job of controlling Prairie View's run game last week. So that's a team to kind of keep an eye on. This is a huge game this weekend in Lorman. Oh my goodness! That the Lord, uh, homecoming. Alcorn, and you brought the G-Man in? Okay, all right. Let's see what that looks like. Top 10 matchup, as you think about it, you have number five going on the road as they move up the polls, ascending at number 10, Alcorn State, one of our first top 10 matchups of the SWAC this weekend. If you're a SWAC fan, HBCU fan, much like I told you about the SIC in terms of what else top rankings, you have three top 10 rankings uh, that you got to see, and they are huge in terms of standing. Charles has led you with one of them. With that being said, Brian, what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven poll rankings in week number five? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say with full disclosure, and if you listen to Sunday's show, you heard me talk this out live, put it on wax. I did not have Florida A&M University Ranked number one, Charles, just so you know. I did, <laughs> but not did have, have Central either. I did not have North Carolina Central ranked oh. number one. Either. He said, oh. <laughs> I had him. Yeah. You know, I, I just, when I when I went and I, I told, I had to go back and look at the data. And, yeah. you know, we like, to, we like to look at the data points. And, I, and honestly, there are very minute differences between – just over the course of five games now, not just what they did last week or whatever, between A&M, Central, and Hampton, right? Mm -hmm. But when I looked at it and looked at things such as scoring offense, scoring defense, total offense, total defense, and me, I like to kind of look at how those teams have done against the spread. I like to see what teams have done against expectation, right? And it, and it came down to a, a, a Hampton – FAMU with North Carolina Central just right below. And so I said, you know what? After last week, what I saw, now that, that is when I went to last week, I couldn't reward FAMU for being number one after what they did against Valley. Couldn't do it. But Hampton, though, on the road, first game in the CAA, 
Now, yeah. who knows? You know, people. Some people say Richmond ain't nothing. Okay, well, you know, we'll we'll find out. But I think Hampton <laughs> is a legit. I've seen it. They they yeah. looked the part. And yeah. as I, you know, I was talking. I was talking earlier about <clears throat> Davius Richard. Watch out for Chris Zealous. Yeah, Chris Zealous. That name. Remember the name. The next yeah. five weeks, if he continues doing what he's doing, and Hampton ascends up the rankings or ascends up the uh, standings in the CAA, it'll be because of him. And that is a name that I would hope, even though they're not in an HBCU conference, Hampton is still an HBCU. I would hope that people will consider and think about him and Hampton as we move forward. No point. I think you make a great point, great arguments, both of y'all, in terms of your concerns with FAMU being ranked. It is a week-to-week ranking. And so I can see because it's week to week, if you think a team falls below that and that's how you vote, I, I, I can certainly understand that. So with that case, uh, I'm not going to bring the hammer. I think you've made judicial uh, comments in regards to that. I will say this, you often see in terms of voters' eyes for those that did vote FAMU um, to rank, remain number one in their rankings. And, and somebody obviously dropped Central uh, to in the space uh, where they even below three uh, to get that one point differential for people to understand that, how that all calculates out. Oftentimes you'll see where even a number one team, based on where they start and what people think, um, if you go on the road and you lose a tough game like that, people will be like, hey, that's just conference play. Sometimes you have that. So just to give the other side, I'll share a little bit with that. With that, let's get into the break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into some of the top matchups. We'll do a classic game of the week and get into the independent as well. We'll even have one uh, surprise matchup we'll get to you in terms of what that looks like. With that being said, stick with us. We'll be right back after this last break. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow you to about. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Read them words. Yeah. Dr. Bill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into our matchups of the week. Get in here some still some discussion on the top four rankings. They were asking where's Tennessee State? Just outside of that top ten, if you would, in terms of the total over ranking. We'll get into that a little bit. I like the discussion. With that being said, we're going to get into another top 10 matchup. This one actually is a top seven. 
HBCU Classic Major Division Game of the Week, and it has impact on uh, the Eastern Division. Mobile, Alabama, people stated for the second year in a row, Gulf Coast Challenge, Saturday, October 7 at 3 o'clock p.m. ESPN Plus, you will see number four, Jackson State Tigers sitting at 3-2, and 1-1 one and one after the open week. They are versus number seven, Alabama A&M Bulldogs that sit at 3-2, and 1-1 one and one in terms of this matchup. Very intriguing in terms of these teams. <clears throat> Neither one of them can afford the second loss in the division, uh, even more so Jackson State because they obviously lost their first game to FAMU. Alabama A&M may have a little more room uh, because they haven't faced FAMU yet, but uh, I don't know if FAMU is going to lose more than one game. They might do the first one this weekend. We'll see. With that being said, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this classic matchup in Mobile, Alabama? Uh, Jackson State special teams concerns me, uh, uh, honestly. Uh, and then the question marks around the health of, of, of their uh, field goal kicker. I think that's that's something that I keep in the back of my mind. And then the question for me now becomes, which Jason Brown do I get? Uh, do I get South Carolina State Jason Brown, or do I get Jason Brown against Bethune Cookman? So, uh Consistent play at quarterback is going to be huge, I think, for Jackson State in this one. Uh, this is a game on the road, of course. Uh, I think road games sometimes for Jackson State they, they get they get offset because they, they travel so well. Uh, so, but I, I, I you know I, another Jekyll and Hyde sort of something. Which Jackson State defense do I get? In the three wins, they've been playing lights out to get after the quarterback. You know, in the you know couple of losses there. You know, the defense was nowhere to be seen. So if I get the, the, the good Jackson State team, it should be a, a, a easy definite. If I get the so-so, uh, it could be a long night mobile. Sound like Charles got a little spoiled in terms of his quarterback play. Welcome Ooh. to the rest of the FCS. Ooh, did I? Oh, <laughs> did I? <laughs> Everybody just – <laughs> well, we see now he's just a little bit better than that. Uh, yeah, oh, buddy. With that being said, I don't want to—I don't want to shout him out too much because you know some of these folks get mad when you talk about them folks since they moved. Uh, they, Let them be mad. Them. But I'm fine. With them. Just <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, they can be mad. I am. <laughs> I'm Dean. I'm Dean. I signed the paperwork. I won't sign. All right. Exactly. So, see what you get, Brian. With that said, what do you think about this matchup? Obviously. Uh, King of the Hill in a lot of different ways. Literally, in those parts, y'all like to talk about the Hill, but we'll talk about that later because people may argue that. But with that being said, these are teams that are trying to hope that things don't work out uh, in terms of FAMU sitting at the King of the Hill, particularly in the Eastern Division. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Uh, one, can Alabama A&M prevent Irv Mulligan uh, mm. from having – one sixty plus yard play because I feel like he's got one. He's got at least one in him, and if you give him two, over. I, so, so it's like that's what I'm looking on. I don't, you know, if there was if there was a prop that I said how many how many sixty yard plus plays will Irv Mulligan had. Honestly, I'd set the line at uh, one and a half, and then dare you <laughs> dare you to bet under that. That's because I I really feel like. That kid, may, he may break off at least two. And if he gets two, Jackson State's going to win. Um, but 
Well, I'm not going to buy into the Quincy Casey, former Jackson State quarterback hype. I'm not going to do that. But I will say I'm interested to see if Quincy Casey has another good game because he's starting to look like the quarterback that many people thought he could be and was capable of being. So now he gets a test. Now he gets a chance to do it where this game matters. I don't know if, if those other three wins by Alabama A&M really matter. Go look at them. It's like, who they beat? They don't really matter. Yeah, you got three wins. Okay, great. Now you're three and two. Here's where it matters for Alabama A&M at this point, and this is that stretch. This is the first of four weeks where if Alabama A&M is real, then they better be real these next four weeks. Mm. Good stuff. It sounds like uh, a lot of this happens to be uh, the quarterback play for both teams, which mm-hmm. uh, quarterback shows up and is able to show uh, which side they want to be on in regards to that quarterback play. Great analysis there. Let's go into our independent game of the week. Uh, Brian, I'm going to show you some love with those Hampton Pirates that you said are number one in the rankings. Well, we're going to get a chance to talk about it and maybe tell us a little more about that. They get a chance to make a statement as well and continue their undefeated streak in the, the CIAA. Hampton, Virginia, Armstrong Stadium. So they're at home. They're hosting a Campbell Camels, 2-2, two 1-2. And two, one and two. They fell to 2-2 two and two after going on the road and losing to North Carolina Central. Tough matchup, had to come from behind. But we kind of seen that with Campbell, where they had these halves, if you would, where they put up a bunch of points and then have some halves where not so much. Well, they're at number three uh, coming off this week. The Hampton Pirates, 3-1, and 1-0 one, one and oh in the CAA, Coastal Athletic Association, formerly known as the Colonial. But you got your Pirates. I want to know what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup the team that you see as the number one HBCU program this week, week number five, that is, I understand, uh, in terms of HBCU football, major division. I, I, I really feel like, and I don't know if it'll go overtime, but I really feel like this game is going to mirror what we just saw between Campbell yeah, I mean, and North Carolina Central. Yeah. Because now – I don't know if Hampton wants to now look, they've proven that they can come back. They did it to they they did it to Howard. So they they've proven that they can come back from a multi-touchdown deficit. But I don't know if you want to do that and allow that to happen to Campbell after what they just went through at North Carolina Central. So this is this is that spot where, you know, Hampton or it gets an opportunity to really to really put their foot down on a CAA opponent that many people have highly regarded. I mean, what Campbell had the number one recruiting class and all this, all this hype behind them. Well, here's Hampton's opportunity now. <clears throat> so uh, hopefully uh, pirate nation, uh, whatever they call themselves, the pirates pull up in their boats on the bay and they storm, <laughs> they storm, they storm the field and, and they really represent, you know, put the wine and cheese down and get to, the, <laughs> get to the ballpark early and be loud and, and watch this team. This team may start to look like one of them old Joe Taylor teams from back in the late nineties and early two thousands or no, that was the nineties. That was all the nineties pretty much. Right. Yeah. So It'll be interesting to watch and see. So I'm I'm sort of excited to see what Hampton. I got some cousins and family that went to Hampton. They almost sold me. I went on the recruiting visit. It was my number two choice. You know, I saw the, the beautiful things that Hampton has to offer. And then I got to Florida, and then it was sold. That was it. But Hampton was, like, number two on the list. 
Hampton got a lot of beautiful things. Uh-huh. Yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Charles, yeah. <laughs> don't get in trouble. Go ahead and talk about this matchup first. <laughs> well, I, I, I think uh, Brian touched on it a little bit earlier. I know you're talking about the beautiful sailboats out there. Oh, of course. That's it, the yeah. sailboats. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the view. The view of yeah, the bay. Yeah, the, the, view, the view of the bay, of course. And the sailboats, of course. <laughs> I mean, you take a look at this Hampton football team. Uh, I was impressed last week. Almost 500 yards of total offense. And, Brian, you touched on it, uh, the play of Christopher Zellers. I mean, he is really, uh, really taking them to another level uh, when you take a look at what they're able to do offensively. And then there's another name that to keep an eye on, because every week I keep checking the stats with, with Hampton. And Elijah Burris is another one of those hard-running guys who goes for over 100 yards every week. So uh, the question becomes for me, can Chris Rosellis outplay Hodge Malik Williams? Uh, I, I, huh. I, I'm going to take Hampton at home on this one. I, I think there's some hangover effect from what uh, Davis Richard did to Campbell last week. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great analysis. Set this up. Check this out, Brian Charles, in terms of Thursday. Think about the matchups we have and we'll discuss on the show. SIC is number two, Virginia State versus number 10, Bowie State. That's in the CIAA. Uh, CIAA game of the SIC matchup. We told you a little bit about what that will look like. We'll talk and break down the SIC matchup, which is a top three matchup. Number one in the mid-major goes on the road and faces number three, Miles Golden Bears, SIAC matchup of the week. Another top 10 matchup features, which is a SWAC major division game of the week. It features number one on the road at number six, Southern Jaguars this weekend. Major matchup. You also have, in terms of a bonus major division game of the week that we'll discuss, number five, Grammar State Tigers on the road at number 10, Alcorn State Braves in terms of our bonus swag match of the week. We already talked about today the classic, which was a top five matchup, was number two, Jackson State Tigers versus number seven, Alabama a Bulldogs. So that means you have five top 10 matchups in HBCU football this weekend. You also have the fact we talked about number three, Hampton, that you voted as number one, Brian. We talked about that matchup at home, taking on a team. And then, obviously, you have number two, uh, North Carolina Central in a major division going on the road at uh, Phoenix. So you got major matchups uh, with five of those matchups featuring Ooh. top ten matchups. You talking about SIDs and you got a chance to get out there. You got folks doing these poll rankings. You don't. You can decide which one you like, don't like, whatever. But as you're marketing and you want to get this stuff, because, Brian, you talk about some attendance. We've seen some great attendance. Maybe some attendance not so great. You talk about matchups. Obviously, you already have in the culture games that create the natural matchup. But if you start to add the rankings, like you see these, quote, unquote, uh, power five programs do when they look at the matchups, it's something you understand about marketing the brand and marketing matchups. Get out there and start taking these top five matchups. Again, I don't care what poll rankings you want. Obviously, I'm going to push for mine, but you can use any of them. 
Put that out there so your fans understand the matchups that are coming into your stadium and drive the fan interest. So I wanted to kind of close with that. We'll talk about it a little more. With that being said, Brian, before I close, I want to say thank you. I want to hear your thoughts, and then I'm going to talk about Charles. I want him to give his thoughts in terms of what we're going to be able to showcase on Thursday about some of these great matchups. I, I think they are – this is that point in the season. This is why I like October. I love October for this time of year because these kind of matchups. And we have some good football, some good teams. The schedulers did a great job in kind of, you know, setting up the schedule. And I'm really excited. I'm I'm probably – I hate to say it, maybe just because of the stress. I'm more excited about the stuff in the SIC. You know, I'm, I'm probably more nervous – than I am about with the stuff in the SWAT, you know, not, not nervous, you know, but they, they, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get messed with for that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm more excited, you know, than I am, but, but I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what, what, what happens on Saturday. Mm. Oh, I thought about this today, doc. Is it possible that Southern could lose to Jackson state and FAMU and Bumford? When is the last time that's ever happened? We have to go back in the history books. As a, as, I mean, I'm just I'm curious. Yeah. I th- kind of thought about that today. What that's what's on the line this weekend uh, when you talk about family and Southern uh, Benedict and Miles. Oh my goodness, I, I'm I'm so looking forward to this game. This is this is really this is your first put up or shut up weekend. So uh, this is this is a lot of fun this weekend. Yeah, and that matchup is going to be on H. You go. Uh, that Southern matchup is on ESPNU, and the Grambling State Alcorn matchup is on ESPN Plus. So you'll be able to see. You'll be able to see. Yeah, the boy. I tell you, you'll be able to see most of these matchups. Also, make sure you tune in to the Sports Networks as we cover our HBCU live streaming. The only place you these live streaming events. Make sure you check us out. We'll give you more information on Thursday of what games to watch. We also do that during the week. For those that want to get in and see some volleyball matchups, you can catch them right here on the Black College Sports Network beyond what we do uh, with our showcases and discussing these matchups every week in regards to Tuesday and Thursday for us. But ONG strikes on with Brian and his team. They'll be doing that tomorrow. Check them out. And then on Saturday, you got Carlos Brown as he continues to give you some inside thoughts on Southern and the rest of the SWAC. And then you close out your week or start your week, whichever way you do it and see it. Boy, I get set up. I have everything uh, done around the house. I can sit down and make sure I'm listening uh, to the sports rap on Sunday because this sets me up for the week. It's perfectly laid out right here on the Black College Sport Network, among some other things as you look at the game time where we do some live events during the week as well. Thank you for listening inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, uh, along with Brian Forford. Refuse to call him my guest. He's part of the team. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday. Catch us right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward uh, to Thursday as we get it going and talk about some of these tremendous top 10 matchups. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1, 
on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. One of the greatest weekends of HBCU sports football in a long, long time. Charles kind of put it out there. Get us some other of these notes that are key to talk about why is this week so special. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles. Horse. Brian. Lecture. Dismissed.